You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Joe Hopkins, and with me is Mike Chappell. And boy, do we have some news to discuss today. Frank Wright is no longer the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. In his place is Jeff Saturday, the star center from the Colts' glory years of the early 2000s. Um, Mike, let's let's just start with Frank Wright before we get to Saturday. The team announced his firing Monday, just one day after the embarrassing 26-3 loss to New England, and his offense reached new lows in that game. 121 total net yards, ninth fewest in franchise history, nine sacks allowed, fourth most in franchise history, 0 for 14 on third downs tied for the second worst in NFL history. Um, and, and the offense has been bad all year. Three, five, and one record for the Colts, uh, last in scoring with under 15 points per game. They've topped 20 points in just one game this year. Uh, most turnovers in the league, a whopping 35 sacks. That's most in the league. This comes after a disastrous finish to last season, the loss in Clowntown, the loss to the Raiders, when they j- needed just one more win to make the playoffs. Mike, Frank Wright let go in the middle of the season, the first time Jim Irsay has ever fired a head coach during the season. I want to hear your thoughts on the move. I wouldn't say premature. I thought it would come at the end of the season. Uh, you know, c- keep in mind now, and the, there's a press conference at 6 o'clock tonight where we'll get some answers, but what's the structure of the offense now? You know, they, they fired the, the coordinator last week, and, and you fired the head coach who's really the coordinator this week, so I don't know. Uh, only surprising, again, like you mentioned, Jim Irsay's not done this in 27 years as an owner. And it shows you his level of uh, losing patience with what's going on. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. And last night, I tell you, the last week or so, when we've talked to Frank, he's just looked defeated, I guess. I hate to use that word, but it just looked that way. And and last night or yesterday, he said, I was brought here for this offense. This is my responsibility. You know, this is my offense. And he took all the blame. And. I, I, I guess Ursay just saw there was no way to pull out of this with Frank. I I just don't know what doing it now does. And then you turn to, we'll get to Jeff Saturday, but you turn to Jeff Saturday, who's been a coach for three years in, in high school in Georgia, and that's it. You've got Gus, you've got Gus Bradley on the roster. You've got uh, John Fox on the roster, so... I don't know. I we'll get answers tonight. I'm not sure if we're going to believe or put a lot into them until we see what happens. But it's not normal. This is not a normal season. And this, I tweeted out that I've seen a lot in my years covering this team. Today's making me rearrange my top five. Yeah, no, no kidding. I mean, I, I guess I'm not all that surprised uh, in the Frank right firing not because they lost in new england but just the way that they lost just a historically poor offensive performance and at a certain point you gotta you know inflict some kind of accountability within the team i mean you look at that defense and and there are guys on there playing their butts off and playing really well 
And to just go out there week after week and have the offense just keep sputtering and, and not holding up its end and then have no having no consequences to that, I think really sends the wrong message. So I can understand the firing. Uh, I, I don't know that it's going to make the team any better. I mean, I guess it, it couldn't have gotten much worse than what we saw yesterday in New England. I mean, that, that was pretty awful. I got to be honest. Thankfully, I was uh, traveling back from an out-of-town wedding, and, and I missed a good portion of the game. I, I wasn't able to tune in until uh, um, I think I saw some of the first half and then missed a, much of the third quarter, tuned in around the pick six and said, you know what, I've had enough. Let me let me turn this back off. But um, it's it's interesting. I've been talking with people around the newsroom, and it seems like every time – Everyone's like, yeah, I'm done. I can't watch the Colts anymore this year. Something like this happens. I remember last it was uh, Ellinger with Matt Ryan. It's like, well, I got to see how Ellinger plays. Well, I, I got to see what the team looks like with Jeff Saturday as head coach. I mean, this is wild. Um, but before we move on, I mean, let's finish up with Frank Wright here because four and a half seasons with the Colts, uh, had a winning record, 41-33-1. and um, but he's only won three of his last 11 games, did have two playoff appearances, uh, one of which came with the win, the win over Houston, where Marlon Mack just ran all over them, nearly got a win in Buffalo during the Phillip Rivers year. Um, but Reich has dealt with a new starting quarterback each and every year of his campaign. Um, I think this was the first year that they weren't finishing with the top 10 scoring offense. I mean, his offense is... Uh, you know, for all, all the criticism that he gets have been pretty productive for the most part. This is the year where everything came crashing down and it coincides with the offensive line just for whatever reason being abysmal. And I think it's kind of perplexing to me that, you know, Wright gets fired uh, the week prior, Marcus Brady gets fired. The units that's performing the worst, the offensive line, Chris Strasser still has a job right now as we speak. So, I think it's clearly the offensive line holding it back. And yeah, Frank Wright has a hand in coaching the offensive line. This is ultimately or was ultimately his offensive line. But it just seems uh, as though the offensive line's performance has been so terrible that the offense just can't do anything. Yeah, it's we're all in you know, accountability. And, and I always, I, you have to default to the offensive line. Jonathan Taylor didn't forget how to run. You know, he didn't. He, he's, st he's still a, a top running back. Matt Ryan, we can argue where he is in his career. He's on the downside, obviously. But they made him they, – they, they highlighted every bit of his weaknesses, the lack of mobility and all that. And, uh, you know, if, if things had been better, if, if there's a running game, if, if there's a protection, then we're not having this discussion today. So th this is very much on – so much of it, how you want to allot to blame, I, it, it, that's from person to person. But this is this so much is on the offensive line. It's really difficult to call plays when your quarterback is under siege. 35 sacks, they're, they're on pace for like 66, which will be a franchise record. So it, it's just difficult. So, again, I, I think it was pretty well thought that, that Frank would be gone at the end of the season. I always hate to talk about firing coaches because I've done this a long time and it's it, it's a very personal thing and you're talking about guys' jobs and their families and all this, but that that's what they sign up for. It's the old saying of you're hired 
to be fired. Uh, but until this year, the offense was pretty good. Like you said, top 10. And it go, it's it's the offensive line this year. But the overlying thing is, is five starting quarterbacks in five years. And that's collective. That That's everybody. It, it is. It, it's Jim Irsay. It's Chris Ballard. It's Frank Reich being unable to move on from Andrew Luck's retirement prior to 2019. You know, Frank was Frank was the driving force behind Carson Wentz. He was. Uh, everybody was on board with Matt Ryan. I don't care what how they rewrite history now. Everybody was on board with it. But you've got to move on. You've got to find that guy. And I tell you, they're 3-5-1. and one, And with the way things are, look at the schedule. Who? Who are they going to beat? Pittsburgh? Houston? I don't know. I don't know. Houston I didn't think, look half bad against the well, Eagles. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. So, and, and keep in mind, right now they're like 14th in the draft order. And this is going to be a rich quarterback draft. You're going to have to get, gosh, top six, top five to get a guy. Because the guys at the top are going to, are going to want quarterbacks as well. And if they don't need a quarterback, people are going to trade up to get a quarterback. So, We'll we'll see, but until until they get the quarterback thing fixed, everything else is just kind of you're muddling along. Uh, I I like Frank. I've known Frank. I, I was here in in the two, mid two thousands when Frank was here as a assistant coach. Uh, he'll get a job quickly, whether it's as a head coach, whether it's a coordinator, whether it's as a quarterback coach. He's good at what he does in the right situation. This was not the right situation. You know, I I I look at. I look at Reggie Wayne as receivers coach. How do you coach those guys in a game like yesterday? Now, one thing I will say, again, it's it's collaborative effort. Receivers got no separation yesterday. So, and that's been an issue a lot this year, but it's, 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 it's Frank's offense. It's Frank's team. And when you're three, five and one, you've lost three in a row and showing no signs, no signs of being competitive You've got to make a move. I don't know that it's going to matter. I, I really don't want, unless Jeff Saturday comes in and takes over the offensive line, which he won't because he's now your interim head coach, which means he oversees everything. So it, it's just not it's not a pleasant day. And if my math's right, they've got eight more games to play. So to think this can't get worse, this can get worse. Yeah, it, it will depending on what your goal is, right? I mean, if, if well, what you need is a high yes. draft pick, worse yeah. is better. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. But, but you know, selfishly, my job is to write about it. I covered a 1-15 team in December, and you've got to keep cranking out copy, and you don't want to be in the locker room. They don't want you in there. And it's it's – the fan base understands that right now the objective is to get the best draft pick you can – that means eight more weeks of, of really bad football. And the one thing that you can't do as a franchise is cut into your the support of your fan base during a transition period, and, and that's, a, that's a concern. So uh, th- they're going to talk this evening about, you know, I, I guess giving the team direction or whatever. I don't know. I, I'd hate to be the speechwriter tonight for these guys, but you're exactly right that, that the best draft pick is, is the objective now, but you're talking about 
eight weeks, two months of really, really bad football to get there. Mike, do you know who will be speaking at this press conference? Is Chris Ballard going to talk at this? Because I haven't heard a lick out of him all season. It's, it's going to be Jim Irsay, Chris Ballard, and Jeff Saturday. Okay. So wow. I, I tell you, what, 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 what you'd really like to know, and I don't know that we're going to get it, is how on board is Chris Ballard with all of this? Uh, and I don't think we're going to get the, the 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 inside of that. To me, this is all owner driven. So you know, and again, interim coach means you're holding the spot. Does Jim Irsay really believe Jeff Saturday might be a long term answer? I mean, I mean, really? I, I like Jeff Saturday a ton. I really do. But I don't know that any coach. I think I saw a tweet from someone about. It'll be the first time a, a, a person's been named an interim coach or a head coach with zero college or NFL experience. So strap in, folks. We're in for a wild ride. Need new windows? Contact your hometown team today. Hometown Window and Doors are Central Indiana's premier, locally owned, full-service Anderson window dealer with master installers. From design to installation, the hometown team handles it all. They carry unlimited options with competitive pricing. Call them direct to get 25% off your windows if you call them within the next 60 days. Hometown Windows and Doors gives you all the perks of a national brand with a hometown feel. Visit them at hometownwindowteam.com today. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the Jeff Saturday interim head coach hiring. I mean, he was just in town last week for Tarkland's Ring of Honor ceremony. Maybe uh, him and Ursay must have had a chat or two. Um, and, and obviously, he was a big part of the glory years. Indy Center from 99 through 2011. Six Pro Bowls, four All-Pros. Uh, uh, one of the best who's ever played for the Indianapolis Colts. That's for sure. He's in the Ring of Honor. Um, as you mentioned, he's been coaching uh, high school football down in Georgia. Uh, I actually saw ESPN's Bill Barnwell tweeted that the last time a person took over as NFL head coach without any pro or college experience was Norm Van Brockwell in 1961. So it has been done. (laughs) But uh, apparently he was coming off of an MVP season and then just went straight from player to coach back in the day. Kind of hard to do that these days. But, um, Mike, I think a, a big question is, or I guess why would the Colts turn to Saturday when they have guys on the team who have head coaching experience? Gus Bradley, John Fox, uh, even special teams coordinator Bubba Ventrone is kind of um, rising up the ranks in terms of his status as a coach because he's done such a great job on special teams. We got a good look at him during uh, last year's Hard Knocks, and he uh, just seemed like a really impressive coach. Uh, I know you don't have all the answers to this, but... What what makes you think uh, was the reason that Jim Ursay? Because it's got to be Ursay, right? There's no way this was a Chris Ballard move. This this has to be Ursay all the way. I don't know. I mean, everything we do is 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 guesswork, and I I know that Jim Ursay has tr- has tried for a long time to recapture the 2000s. You know, they, they've got Reggie Wayne back. They've got Kato June back. Jeff Sard has been back. A, in some form as a consultant. Now, what level, I don't know. And I know Jimmy talks to Peyton Manning from time to time. But I, th- th- this is just a different level. I, I don't know. I don't know how 
you sit there and you think that somebody who was one of the better centers of his generation, a leader of the offensive line, a leader of the one of the leaders of the offense, translates into whipping the franchise into shape over the next two months. I don't know. I really don't. That'll be a question tonight on on and on several levels. I'm sure. Uh, and anything I give you is just going to be BS because I don't know. And for me to think that this is going to make a difference. Now, I tell you, had, had they turned to Gus Bradley or or John Fox or Bubba as interim coach and made Jeff Saturday offensive line coach, I'd say, okay, I, you know, let's see where this goes. That's not, that's not what they did. So I don't know. Uh what I, what I would really love to be is a fly on the wall at the team meeting on Wednesday morning or whenever Jeff meets the team. Maybe he already has. I don't know. Maybe he already has. And, 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 and you've got DeForest Buckner and Stefan Gilmore and, gosh, name a dozen veterans, 20 veterans. And, and their thought process as he's – trying to say, guys, we can pull this together. We can do this. We can do that. Are they, are they believing? Are they rolling their eyes? And, and I don't, I don't mean to be disrespecting Jeff Saturday. I don't. It's just that you're throwing someone into the middle of this fire without a hose and without, you know, fire gear. I, I don't know. I, I'd like, I'd like to really get honest answers from players. The last thing a player wants to do is be involved in, well, you know, this will make us better in the long run. You know, next year, a year, if I'm Buck, I don't care about next year. I don't care about that. I, I care about this year. DeForest Buckner is having a great season. Uh, Stefan Gilmore is having a very good season. They, they, they don't care about 2023 or beyond. They, they want to they want to go out there and have a chance to win every Sunday, and I just don't see this team being in that position for the rest of the season. I really don't. Yeah, I, and I hate to keep trashing on Frank Wright because he's he's gotten more than enough of that over the last several months from from fans, from media, from all kinds of people. But, you know, I, I, I was at the point on Sunday where – I guess I didn't really care anymore. I did not expect the Colts to win. I think we all picked them to lose on Thursday. And uh, you know my mindset. I've been thinking about that draft pick and how they get better because this team clearly wasn't going anywhere. I wanted them to hang on to Frank Wright because it looked like the team's best chance of getting as high a draft pick as possible. And that feel that I feel bad saying that because I do think Frank Wright is going to go somewhere else. Um, coach in some capacity, probably an offensive coordinator, and find success again because the majority of his career has been successful. Um, but bringing in Jeff Saturday now, I just I just have no idea what to expect. I mean, is it is it going to still be the same kind of lows that we've been seeing? Is it going to be provide? I don't know how it provides the team with the spark, other than I guess he he knows a thing or two about offensive line play. But like you said, it's not like he's the one day in and day out with that offensive line group, he's overseeing the entire team. Uh, is he just here to kind of fill that role until the rest of the season? Uh, and then the Colts will officially start a new head coaching search, and it's just kind of 
Jimmer say bringing in someone that he knows and likes to basically, you know, finish out the job for a, a couple months? Or is this seriously a candidate that who who could become the Colts coach going forward? Now, one thing to keep in mind is this is just interim head coach. The Colts, because of the Rooney rules, have to interview more coaches after the season before they hire officially hire a full-time head coach going forward. Is that correct? Yes. You can't just designate someone. So, yeah, that'll go on. And and I'm sure, depending, I guess regardless how this goes, Jeff Saturday will be in the mix. I just don't think you bring him in like this to think that he's just a placeholder. So, And one other thing to keep in mind, how awkward the press conference is going to be. We're going to have, again, the owner, the GM, and the interim coach there. And there are going to be questions to the to the hit to the owner about Chris Ballard's future, as there should you know, be. As there should be. I've, I've said all along. I everybody's got a hand in this. Every meeting, the owner, the GM, the coach, and the players. But I still I still put more of the blame. I don't know seventy percent, sixty percent, whatever, on the GM and the personnel staff because this roster they put together is flawed. Now, you can't foresee the offensive line, three of those five guys, just not playing well. But you can foresee left tackle being a problem. It has been. You can see right guard being a problem. It has been. So I I just think that uh, it's going to be awkward tonight. I'm kind of curious how it goes. But I would assume this is going to be an Ursae-driven press conference on on where this team goes from here because right now it, it's headed in a, in a death spiral and that's the last thing the owner wants to sell to his fan base yeah the speaking of you know chris ballard I, I i don't know how after the season he keeps his job i mean you just talked about it i think at very least it's 50 50 between Wright and chris ballard and when you're assigning blame for who's responsible for this. And the offensive line was kind of a, a glaring hole going into the season. J- just like the previous year, it was defensive end and they did nothing to address it. And the Colts couldn't get pressure all last year. Well, this year they lost two, really three starters. When you talk about Glowinski, Reed and Fisher along that offensive line, and they didn't do anything to replace any of them. Um, I, I, get that none of us expected the veterans like Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith uh, to play as poorly as they had this year. But at a certain point, you have all of training camp to look at that offensive line and, and evaluate that offensive line and see that it is not up to snuff. I mean, I don't think they were just world beaters in training camp and then got to the regular season and it just fell apart. There had to be warning signs. I mean, by the way, it looked at training camp from the reports. Yannick Ngakwe was going to get 20 sacks this year. Uh, it turns out that Matt Pryor just isn't good at blocking people, or at least not this year. Um, so it, it's – it's. go ahead, Mike. Yeah, the the thing with the GM, and I, I think they've made some really good moves, some great draft picks, Pittman, Taylor, uh, and on and on. Shaq, I mean, getting Kenny Moore off the street, or you know, I think it was waivers. But when you prioritize premium positions, quarterback, left tackle, 
edge pass rusher. Where are they? I mean, where are the Colts with those positions? Quiddy Pay played a really, really good game the other day, yesterday. But by and large, they've not taken care of those positions. It's funny how people were sort of lukewarm on Anthony Costanza when he was here. You know, how much would you pay to have him back? So it's 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 really, again, when you have these discussions with eight games to go, you know it's not going well. Uh, and uh, the, the only question, again, like like you say, and it's a very, very valid point, if I'm Jim Irsay, understanding all the limitations that remain in the roster building, do, do you entrust Chris Ballard to, to, to kickstart the franchise again? I don't know. I really don't. No, no, I don't, because – I mean, I, I think the way you put it is really well. He has done a lot of good things. I think Chris Ballard is very good draft talent evaluator. But in terms of building the roster, I think it's pretty easy to point out the holes at the most important positions. I mean, we were all shocked during that 2021 draft when Christian Darisol fell to the Colts at 21 and they didn't take him. The left tackle now having a terrific year for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, who have only lost one game because it is much easier to play football when you have a good left tackle and a good offensive line. And I don't say that to not Quiddy Pay because Quiddy Pay in his own right looks like a very good defensive end. But in just, just in terms of evaluating your roster and, and, and prioritizing different positions over other positions, that same offseason, they went with Eric Fisher at left tackle when Charles Leno was also out there. Fisher's not playing in the league right now. Charles Leno got a contract extension from Washington and is a very solid left tackle. So it's not like Chris Ballard has completely fallen on his face. He's he's drafted good players. He's made good moves. I think we would all say the trading of a first-round pick for DeForest Buckner turned out to be a pretty good move. Buck has been maybe the over the last several years combined, maybe the best player on the team when you add all those years up together. Um, but at the most important positions, left tackle, quarterback, how long did it take him to finally get a good receiver in Michael Pittman? I mean, it, it's been years, and then they, they finally got one um, while T.Y. Hilton was on a steady decline for several of those years. So uh, I would be very surprised if Chris Ballard was back after the season just because at the most important positions to establishing a year-in and year-out contender he has struck out. And, and he's another guy who I think Chris Ballard's a great guy, just like Frank Wright. I like both of these guys very much. I'm glad that they were here for the time that they were. The team has had good moments. Uh, they've had their highs. But it just seems like at this point it's time to kind of go for a refresh and move on. Keep in mind that uh, back in 2021, Jim Irsay extended both Reich and Chris Ballard through 2026. So, you know, th there was a heavy financial investment. Uh, be and beyond the financial investment, there was an investment in the franchise, building the franchise. So, uh, again, it's, it, it, there's change has been made. Again, the last three Mondays, we've gone from Matt Ryan to Marcus Brady to Frank Reich, including Jeff Saturday. So whenever you have those kind of changes in a season, needless to say, things aren't going well. Yeah, no kidding. I'll be 
very interested to see what comes out of this press conference um, in a few hours from now. We will have much more on that uh, Thursday when Dave joins us and we um, talk some more about what came out of the presser, talk some more about Jeff Saturday, and then, oh, yeah, the Colts have a game to play this week. You know, their season's not done. With Josh McDaniels, right? <laughs> That's right. The coach that With didn't Josh come McDaniels, here. the guy who backed out, famously backed out and led to Frank Wright uh, being brought in. So it's funny how things kind of all come full circle. And by the way, Josh McDaniels uh, might not be too long before he gets fired once again as well. The Raiders have lost three games this year after having a 17-point lead. So that's, that's pretty tough on, uh, in their own right. They have a higher draft pick than the Colts right now. Colt, Colts, um, haven't, Colts haven't done that. They've not lost three 17-point leads. No, no. If the draft were today, the Raiders would be picking third. So that, that it, could, it could be worse, Colts fans. At least you're not Raiders fans. Need new windows? Let the hometown team help. Hometown Windows and Doors is Central Indiana's premier locally owned full-service Anderson dealer with master installers. From design to installation, we handle it all, carrying nationally known brands like Anderson with more options and competitive pricing. Call us direct and get 25% off your windows if you buy within the next 60 days. Please contact your hometown team today. We are Central Indiana's premier locally owned full-service Anderson dealer. National brand, hometown feel. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show by taking a look around the AFC South here. Uh, Jeff Saturday is inheriting a 3-5-1 football team that's somehow second place in the division. The Titans, really not much competition for division lead. Uh, they played very well Sunday night at Kansas City against the Chiefs. They lost 20-17 to with their rookie quarterback Malik Willis in the game. Um, I, I saw – you want to talk about GM decisions, I, though. I saw a stat that A.J. Brown uh, has more statistical receiving production than the entire Titans receiving group combined. Um, so they, uh, they might be regretting that one about now. But you know what? They're still uh, look, looking like they're going to be in the playoffs this year uh, with Mike Vrabel, who wasn't Mike Vrabel in that coaching circuit with Frank Wright and Josh McDaniels that year as well? Yes, and that's one thing that's always uh, Jim Mercer has always used Tennessee as a as what he wants the Colts to be, and he's always got praise for Mike Vrabel. So yeah, it's sort of rubbing their nose in it even more. Really is the Jaguars third in the division? They got a win against the Raiders, and they snapped a five game losing streak. Running back Travis Etienne looking like a special player. Third straight one hundred yard game. Uh, had a couple touchdowns on Sunday. Texans in last place at 1-6-1, one, and one. Uh, but they put up a pretty good fight against the Eagles, 29-17 to 17 loss on Thursday. And they also have a young running back who's looking pretty good. Damian Pierce rushed for 139 yards in that one. So AFC South, while uh, the Titans appear to be the only good team in the division this year, it is full of good running backs. They're going to be fun to watch for years to come. So thank you so much for tuning in. Again, we will be back Thursday to discuss all of this craziness to go down with the Indianapolis Colts. And it's just Monday, Mike. There might be still more change to come. You and I may no longer be employed by Thursday. Who knows? <laughs> That's that kind true. Of, it, so <laughs> if, if you hear something, give me a call, would you please? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. You might want to update that resume just in case. All right. Well, that'll do it again. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for news 
and notes throughout the week because you never know what's coming next. Follow Mike directly on Twitter at mchapel51. You can follow me on Twitter at Roto Street Joe. Please subscribe and download for us. And until Thursday, you guys take it easy out there.